first along and get these with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Uh, I'll have the Whopper 3000. But give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Okay, let's dig this groove for a while as we continue to try to settle on a theme for the show, a new theme. We abandoned the old theme. How do we feel about this mood? Our theme is looking for a new theme. I like this group. It's heavy, man. It's actually the name of the band. What? The Heavy. That's who did this. Seriously? Yeah. Live from Studio C. Oh, yeah. A, dim, a dimly lit room uh-huh. deep within the bowels Woo! of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Today, we are under the tutelage of our general manager, uh, Michael Cohen, mobster. And or the Iran nuke deal or something or other. I don't know. Yeah, we got to get somebody on to explain the Russia slush fund, the Cohen story that I, I have attempted to take in and don't quite get. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, well, I kind of get it. Okay, then Tell you, you what, old it. Michael Cohen could teach you a lot about entrepre- entrepreneurialism. <laughs> he uh, he saw, sees opportunities everywhere Is, and pursues them. Do you see Trump as uh, uh, likely in much bigger trouble now, or uh, that's that's plenty of the theme? That's plenty of the theme. Yeah. Uh, do we f- generally don't run music under our entire show, Michael? <laughs> Perhaps you noticed that. That's what I liked about the old theme. Is it came to a finish. Hey, let's start the show. It was a minute ten for anybody trying to make one of these. Actually, <laughs> that'd be the perfect length. Is Trump in bigger trouble with this story coming out? Clearly or possibly? Well, or? Let's get into it. I, I, I don't think so, except in as much as he is, uh, you know, walking through life arm in arm with a mobster, which Michael Cohen increasingly clearly is. Mm. And, and the, but as a New York real estate developer, I had assumed that about Trump. Yeah. Hmm. Also, I... Uh, I was just doing the deodorant challenge, which is the hot new challenge, and I uh, may have to go to the hospital. I don't know if you're following. This is what the young people are doing today. I'm not. You spray aerosol deodorant on your uh, skin somewhere for as long as you can because it burns, and uh, kids are going to the hospital with... uh, So you're burning yourself. Exactly. You're giving yourself chemical burns. That's the new challenge that's out there. Like every single one of these. I call it the Darwin challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to raise stupid, stupid kids. There's a little parenting advice for you. God, if your kid did that and you had to take him to the hospital, you'd want to keep that one quiet, wouldn't you? Yeah, you absolutely would. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Uh, it was a campfire, Boy Scouting thing. That's what happened. That's what the bandage is. Not seeing how long he could spray deodorant on his arm to impress his friends. You know, I'd like to reach out to my parents 
and point out the things you thought I did that were stupid or things I did that you thought were stupid. They weren't like no animal would do this stupid, like not understanding what it is to be alive stupid. Poor judgment, perhaps, taking unnecessary risks, perhaps, but not like burning myself because someone told me it was a quote-unquote challenge. I mean, that's bedrock stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the new challenge. Uh, Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with a put-down-the-deodorant, Michael. We're just joking. You don't have to do it. <laughs> There's Michelangelo, our board operator. How are you, Michael? Oh, good. That was supposed to be my show up, and I had heard that at the top oh, of really? the hour, the deodorant yeah. challenge. I was going to bring I it know. up. But... I, well, and then I always wonder how many people are doing these challenges that are sweeping the nation. Right. Did one person do it somewhere? It's a it's a country of 300 and some million people. So, Or is it you know five kids in every high school? I don't have any idea. Or five kids in America who said, you know, it would be really funny as if we were to tweet that every kid's doing this, and right. then they'll talk sure. about it on the news. Right. And I never have any idea which those are. Right. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Thank you to the uh, the several listeners who who swung by my video game stream yesterday as I played Fortnite because they did an Avengers-themed crossover where I got to shoot the big bad of the Avengers movie. I actually killed him a couple times. Very excited about that. Uh, didn't get to wield the power of the Infinity Gauntlet, but uh, but alas, uh, not, you can't get it at all. I, know, I now know what my wife feels like as I'm ranting to her about the latest, you know, Giants loss. Or, right, exactly. Know. But I did come across an article in the New York Times, I think, over the weekend about what a giant deal this Fortnite is. It's 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 huge. It's <laughs> it's it's big on a lot of different ways. Uh, the, and I couldn't know less about it. It's a video game, right? It's a video game. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm uh, It has transcended a lot of different pop culture corners that video games tend not to. Similar to kind of the, uh, I'll say this, the Pokemon Go thing. You know how that it just exploded okay. into other corners right. of, of pop culture? This is doing the same thing. Gotcha. Um, uh, you know, I might later actually ask you to try to tell me what it is, because if it's that big, I want it in writing. I want it written <laughs> and carefully edited. If it's that big, I'd like to have at least the slightest understanding, like the way people who aren't into sports. OK, you got a stick in a ball and you try to hit the ball and run around I, but that about that level. That's what I want to know about. This I can live with that. <laughs> There is uh, Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing very well. I'm rather torn about this. Uh, Michael, could you bring on the breaking news donkey? I didn't tell you about that earlier. Could you bring on the breaking news donkey, please? (laughs) Breaking news. Breaking news on several fronts. The three Americans held by North Korea have been freed. They are on their way home to America. Are any of them on death's door having been beaten, starved, and tortured by the Kim regime? They are supposedly in good health Hmm. on their way back to America. Yeah, I'm going to wait to see. They didn't say much about uh, what's-his-name's health either until they got him clear out of there and on the way home. Never forget. And And, uh, and they they beat him to death. And one more. Breaking news, donkey, please. Brandon, really getting a workout. Today is my birthday. Oh, oh hey. hey. Nice. Happy birthday. Age older than Justin Bieber, younger than Mick Jagger. That's net the worth, sweet spot. <laughs> net worth still to be determined. There you go. Yes. Still a, still a work in progress. Yes. Awesome. We have well, to wait for all those different investments to see if they pan out. Right. Or not. Right. <laughs> You're younger than Jagger, and you've got the moves like Richards. <laughs> So, uh, any special scratchers for the, your birthday or anything? Or is uh, it... uh, tomorrow, I'll be bringing home the bacon because I won another 20 bucks. I'm up to 80 bucks. Oh, wow, you're well, hey, this everybody week. wins. <laughs> his, his strategy is unfailable. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised not everybody's doing it. Yeah, well. Um, 
You know, I I keep giving the advice. You can take it or you can leave it. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, May 9th, the year 2018. Setting you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, here's the show now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations and the JCPOA, here we go at Mark. So how can I help you? Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Now, I'll pause here to let you know one of these two people is a robot. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? So, okay, um, wow. the person wow. asking is the robot? Yeah, I, I, unless they programmed the robot to up-talk. <laughs> that was a clue. <laughs> um, yeah, the but person the, looking for the appointment is the robot, right, Sean? Yes, yes. yes. But it's really good. As the Google Assistant, it is, is able to engage and respond to, oh, no, wow. that time's not available. What windows do you have? Wow. That's uh, so. Troubling. This is a new feature for the Google Assistant. Oh, I need one. I want one, please. Wow! So I will just say into my phone, uh, "Book me a haircut." Yep, or and something. It, and it calls and talks to the real person. And why I, does it have to sound like a human being? Why can't it just say, "This is a robot trying to book an appointment <laughs> for a human who will pay you"? Because this is ultimately going to be used for sex bots, and you need to get this technology right and be able <laughs> okay. to fool All humans with it. All roads lead to sex bots, <laughs> Jack. Right. More on that later. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Again, we'll get into the three Americans freed by the North Korean. Trump withdraws the U.S. from the Iran nuke deal, so what's next? <laughs> and get ready for Uber's flying taxis. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giffy. Fantastic. What could go wrong? Huh. Uh, how's mailbag? Oh my gosh, it's a sprawling epic of insight and mirth. It's very good. Yeah, so a Russian oligarch has got thrown into the mix of the whole Trump-Cohen story somehow. And the fund is a, was a pretty large amount of money, yep. and where it was going, nobody's quite sure. So I suppose we'll try to talk about that later, try to figure it out. Uh, all coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And Ori just decided we were losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can get that. Yeah. What are you going to do? God dang it, my youngest was up at 4.30 this morning. Oy vey. Oh, That's rough. He does not sleep much. And our... First psychiatrist, child psychiatrist meeting that we had got canceled and um, for a family emergency. We were just so desperately hoping for that. Something, some sweet relief for him and us. Right. Some insight. Yeah. Path. Get some sleep. Something. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. Wow. And he's up and he's just, man, it's a million miles an hour from the moment his eyes wake up. Wow. Let's go build a tent. Let's build a fire. Let's go do this. Let's go. It's just, I mean, just, just. Just, you know, insane off, off the charts energy. Someday that will be yeah. harnessed for good. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. It's wearing me out, though, I'll tell you. 
Well, it's grinding me down to a nub. <laughs> when I think about my suicidal dogs uh, and, and start to get down about that, I think about your deal, and it makes me feel less uh, put upon. So well, there you I, go. You're, can, that's your role. Maybe I can be that for somebody. Yes, exactly. Mailbag. My dog is committing suicide by eating landscaping materials. More on that later. Maybe. Do you feed him? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we feed him plenty. We mean other than the landscaping materials. Like what? actual food. What, what now? <laughs> yeah, paving uh, bits. Yeah. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from one Stephen Hawking. The late Stephen Hawking. He passed, right? Yeah, just recently. You know, it's not directly a freedom-loving quote of the day unless you have an ounce of wisdom. <clears throat> Wow. Faggity Marty sent this along. Friend of Armstrong and Getty over 10 years. And, uh, well, anyway. One has to be grown up enough to realize that life is not fair. You just have to do the best you can in the situation you are in. Say that again. One has to be grown up enough to realize that life is not fair. You just have to do the best you can in the situation you're in. Now, that wisdom used to be so completely universal, every five or six-year-old heard it and, and internalized it by the time they were, you know, yeah, 10 I gotta, or 11. I got to say that didn't strike me as that exciting a quote, just because I've been thinking that my whole life. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yes. But I think we're, we're trying, some people are trying to breed a society where, where nobody thinks that at all, that outcomes must always be equal. Yeah. And was, any level of control, punishment, inducement, etc., is justified in equalizing those outcomes. Please read Harrison Bergeron today. I was listening to a Sturgill Simpson song the other day from his album he wrote for his uh, kid when his kid was born. And one of his songs is the world uh, life is hard and the world is mean mm. is the is the chorus. Wow. Life is hard and the world is mean, son. Mm. Wow. You know you're better off Head not every day remembering that. Right. You don't, need to, when, be, you don't need to be glum and stare at the ground bitter. and unhappy, but that right. is that is what you're out in. And then when you run into kindness, love, generosity, et cetera, et cetera, it, it, it's great. It's wonderful. And you, you learn to uh, you know embrace those people and those things. So uh, homelessness has uh, been a theme on the show and in and, and homeless camps and the rest of it. Um, and uh, we've talked a lot about the homeless problem, actually, in a number of cities, including San Francisco. And uh, Nancy writes, uh, the homelessness in San Francisco, the easiest solution would be to just rename the city Kaka Poo Shire. My kids would I, be in, my kids would enjoy that. I don't <laughs> I don't understand how that's a quote unquote solution. Exactly, Nancy. But I appreciate the note. I enjoy the Shire on the end of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, that's... But is that a nice place? Kaka Poo Poo Pee Pee Shire. <laughs> It'd take a while to write it. It's got more letters than you might think. Uh, moving along, speaking of Kaka Poo Poo Pee Pee Shire, uh, guys, you're talking about wages. The Sin- Sunday San Francisco Chironicle had an article saying the newly installed Bay Area Rapid Transit elevator operators make more than San Francisco teachers. Does it take a college degree to operate an elevator? I wonder if they just couldn't get anybody to do it or if it's a union thing. It's got to be a union thing. Yeah, you'd think. Um, anyway, that's amazing. How do you feel about that, teachers? Wow. You got to go in, hose, hose out the human uh, excrement from the elevator at 4 a.m. or whenever. When do they report for work? Something like that. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's early in the morning till like the time the bars close. Right. Yeah. Oh. And and then you operate the elevator and tell people who come to uh, defecate and urinate in it. You can't do that. This is an elevator now. 
And they say, oh, that's funny. I've been peeing in here for years. But thanks anyway. <laughs> and they move along. Right, right in the great, great city by the bay. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, you know what? I forgot to announce our theme. Our, th- our mailbag theme. I didn't know we had a theme. It, 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 well, I'm the only one who did because I forgot to announce it. Our theme this morning is Trolls, Wags, and Idiots. Okay. We have a number of short, pithy, hard-hitting emails. Some of them clearly trollery. Some of them clearly uh, humorists or, or, or uh, you know, wry commentators, hence the term wags, and some idiots. I'll let you figure out who's who. Clearly, the uh, Kaku Poo Poo Pee Pee Shire is a wag. That's funny. Uh, here's Nathan. Pointless drivel and explicit blather. Imagining future weapons of war. We're talking about the uh, the drones, the mini drones launched from airborne aircraft carriers. We talked to a fabulous reporter from the Washington Post. Seriously, who's landing guests on your show? George Norrie, Art Bell? Oh, oh no. Maybe we could use lasers or net shot from other ships that destroy the mini drones or catch them. Freaking lame. Come on, guys. Get it together of hang up the gloves. I think he means or hang up the gloves. <laughs> How about you take off the, the boxing gloves when you're typing emails, sir? That <laughs> is clearly such an idiotic comment on a really interesting interview. It's got to be a troll. Yeah. So there's a troll. Uh, on the topic of the Iran nuke deal and abandoning it, let us bring death to Iran. Bomb their parliament when they burn the next American flag. Bomb them to hell. Now, that's a strong foreign policy advocated by John G. I did think it was interesting when we had our guest on yesterday asking him, uh, you know, is Iran's rational? And he said, oh, yeah, they get, you know. They're yeah. going to do what they think. Love because to talk more about that. You are dealing with a country that regularly chants in the streets, death to America. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, we two didn't mean oh, it. we have two minutes? Um, Right, right. That's just death to something, death to another, death to the Padres, you know, death to the Portland Trailblazers. It's just a death to something or other every day over there. That's just what they chant. Here's a nice note from Craig. Here's, his topic is script spelling bee. Interesting. Guys, I just heard from my son that one of his med school classmates won the script spelling bee. Mm. That's not so interesting. She's Indian, which also isn't interesting. <laughs> What's interesting is that she is from Kansas. Who knew there were Indian families in Kansas? That's not the least bit interesting. Have you ever been to Kansas? <laughs> there are lots of people from lots of places there. Millions of people live there. What's more interesting is that her younger sister also won the contest in 2015. Then he gives their names, which are unpronounceable. What uh, I would think I would say, you know what, I finally am ready to concede, Craig, that is mildly interesting. What I would think is you got a strange family there. Yes. Although With kids that didn't have a lot of fun. Kavya, which is one of the sisters, has turned out to be a great study partner as she's a whiz with medical terminology I'm due sure. to her mastery of Latin root I'm words. I'm sure she is. Can they spell fun? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my. <clears throat> Withering comes... Uh, wag. <laughs> Sean is a wag. Not a troll. Or an idiot. You so know, I didn't get to the clearly idiot email. And that's a shame. Perhaps later. Is this Sturgill Simpson here? <clears throat> he doesn't get played on country radio, yet he has had the number one selling album. That's the way it works. So Marshall's news is coming up on his birthday. How exciting is that? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
great text. Happy birthday, Marshall. Your age plus how many push-ups you can do equals your age. <laughs> yes! Excellent text. Excellent text. Wow. However, in honor of your birthday, Marshall, I've decided I will not berate you today very much. <laughs> I was going Happy to say, let's, let's wait to see how the show goes. <laughs> yeah. He did tell yeah. me he's just going to do it twice as much tomorrow, though. Excellent. Oh, wow. <laughs> let's get the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump says North Korea has freed three Americans being held there. They are now headed back to the U.S. Trump tweeting this morning, I am pleased to inform you Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in the air and on his way back from North Korea with the three wonderful gentlemen that everyone is so looking forward to meeting. They seem to be in good health. Also, good meeting with Kim Jong-un, date and place set. Um, I don't like uh, foreign countries holding U.S. citizens, obviously, uncool. But what did these three people do? How did they end up there? Because sometimes the stories are just ridiculous. These guys, uh, a couple of them teach at a university there in North Korea. Teachers, the other was a businessman. Right, and they just round up, you know, if anybody has dual citizenship or American origin, they round them up as pawns now and again. Mm. I can't imagine going there and taking that chance. They yeah, but that's not as silly as the people that go hiking on the border region right. of Iran and Syria. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. snatched and you think, what the hell are you doing? Meanwhile, President Trump saying he's keeping a campaign promise with his final decision on the current Iran nuclear deal. I am announcing today that the United States will withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. Trump strongly critical of that arrangement, blasting it again yesterday. It is clear to me that we cannot prevent an Iranian nuclear bomb under the decaying and rotten structure of the current agreement. The Iran deal is defective at its core. America's allies in Europe unsuccessfully tried to persuade Trump to stay in the deal. The leaders of England, France, and Germany releasing a joint statement saying they remain committed to the Iran agreement. Iran's foreign minister is going to be going to the countries that still remain in the agreement to see if they and Tehran can continue in it after America's withdrawal. But Iran's leaders also warning that Iran may start enriching uranium again, quote, more than before. So what's Trump hoping that the uh, that our allies will join in on some sanctions? Because they're probably not, are they? Uh, yeah, that's part of it. Um, it. It's a very difficult thing to describe briefly, as I've been reading about it since yesterday when we were talking about it. Um, so if we maybe at seven o'clock we can talk about it because I have a, I think a lot of interesting perspectives. All right, uh, I got two things from the New York Times yesterday that I found very very interesting. Number one, David Sanger doing some excellent writing about this as and, always, and remarkably balanced and insightful. Also, I learned about the trend of going to museums naked, and how that's very uh, yeah. hot among the yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute, yeah. 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 it's a thing. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my. A dumb thing, but it's a thing. Good. Seems often cold, I've realized. (laughs) If, if, uh, apparently, you haven't been able to achieve your full measure of pretentiousness by where you go, who you know, and how you dress, you don't dress at all in the New York Times crowd. So, naked museum going. We'll talk about that as well. Speaking of naked news, the lawyer for porn star Stormy Daniels claims President Trump's... The what now? The lawyer. The agent and promoter for porn skank Stormy Daniels. Is claiming President Trump's personal attorney was paid thousands of dollars by a Russian business leader. How is he investigating this? (laughs) This is great. 
Michael Avenatti says an investigation uncovered a $500,000 payment to Michael Cohen in the months after the election from a company led by an oligarch with ties to Russian President Putin. Uh, Avenatti suggesting that money could have been used to reimburse a $130,000 payment Cohen arranged for Daniels to keep quiet about an affair she claimed she had with Trump. And if it did, is that a problem? (laughs) Well, and... So the recipient of the extortion money is complaining about where it came from? This is all very strange to me. Now, it it appears that there is a leak from the investigation into Cohen. Because this Avenatti doesn't have, like, subpoena powers. And, you know, he's not going through these files. Somebody is telling him this stuff, which I I find interesting. I need somebody to explain this to me. At the same time, it's also pretty clear that... Cohen has taken checks from all sorts of unsavory people for all sorts of mysterious reasons. And what the hell is going on there, only time will tell. But the fact that a porn skanks promoter is breaking national news, what is going on? You got naked people in museums? What's becoming of my country? NASA and Uber have signed a deal to explore putting flying taxis in the skies over U.S. cities. No, they're not. NASA says it's going to start uh, simulations of so-called urban air mobility vehicles. That announcement coming as the Uber Elevate Summit in L.A. brings together tech and transportation leaders to discuss the future Excuse me, of urban aviation. Uh, Well, we're about to talk to somebody about um, driverless cars and where that is. You know, we're slowly getting that off the ground in America. I don't think we're going to be flying around in in planes anytime soon. Yeah, there's the first actual driverless car pilot program beginning, I think, this week. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And, and Sorry, Squawky. I don't mean uh, like uh, they're trying it out and a scientist is there with his hands at the wheel, etc. No, you call for a, a robot car and it'll come get you and take you to work. They're actually starting that in the Dallas Holy area. Holy crap. Yeah, I'm telling you. The future is here. Is it? Or something. And then Joe's going to explain the whole Russian... Slush fund Trump thing what? to us, right? I don't know. No, I, I don't. And want the to. Iran nuclear deal. You're going to explain them all. What? I've got many questions. Yeah, well, I'll make something up. Would you hear the latest story from somebody who unfortunately dated that attorney general in New York? No, her, her whole oh. da- the, how the date went. Oh, oh my God, this guy's a weirdo. Boy, his whole story is really interesting. He wow. became a darling of the left, having accomplished nothing. He was the king of virtue signaling. More on that coming up later, too, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know where this whole driverless car thing is headed, because from the beginning, it always seemed to me that it would only really work or do you a lot of good if everybody was in them, but, you know, maybe maybe they're going to try it other way around. Yeah, I think there are different advantages to different levels of saturation, but let's talk uh, to Clayton Neville about that. Clayton's with Westwood One, and he's reporting on a driverless car pilot program that I hope we haven't oversold, but it sounds like the real deal. Hey, Clayton, welcome. How are you? 
Yeah, doing good, guys. Appreciate it. It certainly does sound like the real deal, and it's launching in July in North Texas, uh, just north of the city of Dallas in Frisco, which is the home to the Dallas Cowboys headquarters, and there's a lot of entertainment districts up in that particular area. So a company out of California, Drive.ai, is launching their pilot program in Frisco, Texas, and the difference between this and the typical driverless car that people think about is uh, this is basically for public use. Um, it's, what you do is you hail this vehicle and you get in it, almost like a taxi, a little bit bigger though. It kind of looks like a smaller version of a van. Uh, you hail it, it comes and picks you up, and it's driverless and it takes you from one destination to the other. Now, the pilot program is unique in the fact that it only goes to a certain particular entertainment district for now, uh, but that's just to see how things work out. It'll launch in July. It'll be a six-month program, and then from there, we'll see where they can go. Now, Do these things have, uh, like, steering wheels and gas pedals and all that sort of stuff, or or not? Yeah, it does, but, uh, you know, I mean, it does have the ability where someone could take over if they needed to, but it is driverless. That's the, uh, you know, that's the basis. That's the overall plan. Um, but, yeah, it, it looks like a car. Other than that, okay. it looks like a van. Well, a, a smaller would... van. These so-called minivans. Um, <laughs> How many of them are there, Clayton? Is it just one? Uh, no, there's going to be a couple. They haven't said exactly how many will be in their fleet for this pilot program yet. I was out there for the uh, announcement of this, and they only had one of them out there. But uh, I spoke with the mayor of the city of Frisco where this is launching, and he said it was pretty remarkable because in his first test ride, somebody actually ran out in front of it on accident, and that's what everybody fears is what happens when you know, an obstacle comes in the vehicle's way. And he said that the vehicle actually began to stop and finish stopping before most people in the car even realized that somebody had ran out in front of it. So obviously Drive.ai has done their research and um, they're perfecting this thing. They're confident in the actual vehicle itself and the driverless technology. What they're trying to perfect now is the actual system, where it's going to go. Is this going to catch on? Are people going to use this? as transportation from uh, one place to another during lunch or whatever it may be. Uh, that's what they're practicing now and trying to figure out what atmosphere does this fit in? Where is it going to work? Clayton Neville Westwood One News. Hey, uh, Clayton, thanks for the report. Interesting. Okay, guys, thanks. Yep. I have many questions, but he, I don't think he would have the answers because the time will tell. But, like, uh, other than the novelty of it, I would use it if it were cheaper or for some reason better than dialing up the Uber guy. Yeah. Otherwise, is there an advantage? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just novel. Unless, well, it, there's obviously an advantage for the well, the company. I was going to say because they don't have to worry about you know the various problems with human beings, including their cost. Although the technology is prohibitively expensive compared to a doofus with a driver's license. Just doofus is a little unkind. Well, no, I'm no, I they're not a lot they, of fine it, Uber drivers. I don't know what kind of ride you're going to get next time. Well, you're going to get the old bumpy ride. I'll probably get the uh, one star review. I really resent it. I got like, I'm 4.7 or 4.8, I think. My Uber rating as a rider. I'm like, what did I do? I'm pleasant. I tip. I, I, I try to be friendly. I got what a. The hell, who the hell downgraded me? I got a wasn't standing in the right spot, something or other downgrade once. Ah. And I'm not sure it was. I, I'm, I'm convinced it wasn't my problem, but they say it was. Uh, I don't know. Mm. It all happened very fast because I had to get another car because I was I'm on sorry. the sorry. You're coming to pick me up. I'm always standing in the right spot. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you yeah. find me. 
What, were you with me in the car when the Uber driver said uh, it, it's really best to manually enter the um, the address where you are as opposed to just you know stand in front of your hotel because he said the app gets it wrong about a third of the time right. or maybe that's half what the time or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, of course, you know, question. you didn't develop the app, did you? No, you didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. Can it go through a drive-thru? Because, you know, you go to the entertainment disc- district, read bars. Right. Um, uh, I get a little drunked up. I need myself a greasy burger. So right. can this driverless car get me through the uh, the drive-thru? Hey, here's KFC. Quick, pull over. Just get <laughs> What are you? I told you to pull over. <laughs> Let's kind of get a bucket of biscuits. <laughs> oh, a bucket of chicken sounds good right now. <laughs> Let's get a bucket of chicken, computer car. And then, <laughs> similar to a story we had <laughs> let's get a bucket of chicken, computer car. <laughs> Do you want anything, computer car? <laughs> I'm, I'm buying. No, seriously, I'm buying anything you want. Appreciate you driving. What do you want? But uh, similar, kind of the reverse of a story we had earlier, right? So, in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, which uh, a lot of places smell like poo and urine, mm-hmm. They've hired attendants to be on the elevators at the mass transit uh, with the idea that if you show up and there's a human being there, then people won't whiz in the elevator. Right. Okay. Um, the reverse. I want them to wear the old-timey uniform, by the way, including the little hat, the little elevator operator hat of old. I don't know how many people want to urinate or defecate in a taxi and don't do it because there's a driver sitting in front of them. But once you eliminate the driver. Oh, wait a minute. Do you have uh, do you have people befouling the taxis? Wow. Before you know it, they'll be known as rolling toilets. All right. I mean, you're you're maybe or the vomiting college girl or whatever. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're coming home from the bars. It it, it takes you through. You get your KFC. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, that was a bad idea. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> and or you get stuck in traffic or something. You really, really got to go. Which also happens when you're leaving I, the I, bars. You tell your computer car, listen, I got to pee. It says you should have gone before we left. I told you to go and just refuses. How many drunks are going to, you know, unleash? Does your husband drink? <laughs> I don't think my bladder is Christian manualiness. <laughs> Be quiet back there. <laughs> I'm tired of your drivel, idiot. Yeah, I don't know. I I wonder, hmm, maybe maybe what I was picturing of uh, this move that is going to take out overall driving, it's going to have very sp- <laughs> specific uses like this. Heading into the entertainment district on a Saturday night in big cities. It's it's essentially a, a shuttle line. Yeah. It's a, you don't it's need a, a streetcar line just with independent units, which which is a great idea. I mean, that is it's a train that can go anywhere, anytime, a, a driverless vehicle. That's the idea of the thing, ultimately. But God, what's know, that going to do to all the gazillions of dollars worth of light rail this and... Well, Muni that that we've paid for. Those were and continue to be a horrible investment. Virtually everywhere they're used. They are terrible unless you live in a gigantic city that's willing to invest at this point billions of dollars. But your your Sans Jose, your Sans Diego, your your Seattle's and Portland's those those projects are a boondoggle. Whenever I ride those in any any of the cities you've just mentioned, for instance, they're, they're often not very full. Not you know, a lot of people on them. I tell you what, I you know there are a couple. It just if you are if you are where one is and you're going to where another one is, or that works for you, it's pretty handy. You know, I have used a BART in the Bay Area um, effectively. 
but as a day-to-day proposition, which is how it's sold, or like uh, Portland's got a really nice little transit system, take you around the, the downtown area, explore the neighborhoods, blah, blah, blah. I've enjoyed that too, but it, it, it as a tourist, they're pretty useful. As a day-to-day commuter, which is what they're always touted as uh, being for and why they're a good idea, relieve congestion, gas use, blah, blah, blah. They are useless unless you live very close to one and you're getting off very close to, uh, uh, you know, the, the other point, to the, the other station. Mm-hmm. It's the They call it the last mile problem, but let's face it, it for a lot of us, it's the last 10-mile problem because there's, there's no stop near my house and there's no stop near my office. So... It's because they're rigid and they cost billions of dollars. And technologies are, as Jack points out, quickly coming down the line that'll make them seem even more ridiculous than they seem now. And if you do any serious reading about these things and their cost per rider, they are ridiculous. On the other hand, you look at uh, you look at your we got morning television on in here. You look at the above shot of any city in the traffic in the morning. What a silly way for a beast to decide to live their lives. Oh, it's terrible. That, you know, we're all going to get into cars and sit there for, you know, 45 minutes to two hours in and out every single day. Individually. Individually. Yeah. And not come up with something more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. So the Trump administration pulling out of the Iran nuke deal, incredibly controversial, I think I understand more thoroughly what they're trying to do. Not clear at all that it's going to work. On the other hand, it wasn't clear at all that the deal was going to work. Or work in the ways that are most important. Yeah, so we'll break down some of that. Um, And it's Marshall's birthday. Texts continue to fly in. Festive. Here on the Armstrong and Getty Show.